Grace and peace, everyone, and welcome to KNEC Sermons, a podcast of Kurt Newton and East Calder, Church of Scotland. And let's listen to today's episode. And let us pray together. Thank you, God, for your word, which speaks to us in the deep places of our hearts, the centre of our souls, the ground of our being. May we live from that place as you enlighten us through the power of your spirit. May your word come alive and be as flesh to us that we might understand and live through it and with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and truth. I had the privilege of conducting a wedding yesterday in Kurt Newton's stables. The couple were Grace and Sam, but today I want to talk about not Grace and Sam, but Grace and Truth. And I don't want to dwell on the beheading of John the Baptist. In many ways, that barbaric story is in the Gospel to illustrate the barbaric world in which Jesus came to transform and liberate. Jesus comes to transform and liberate the barbaric world. The emphasis of, of this story in Mark's Gospel is right at the beginning of the passage in those first few verses, or first few words of verse 14, where it says, King Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become so well known. That's a the small sentence which we could often even overlook but it's so significant that Herod had heard about Jesus Jesus name is becoming well known and some were thinking that this was John the Baptist having been raised from the dead this miracle worker this prophet this rabbi this teacher who was doing incredible things could only be for for in some people's minds John the Baptist raised from the dead that's what King Herod, Herod Antipas, believed. And we're left to wonder, is Herod feeling ashamed of what he had done in having John beheaded? Rightly ashamed. Sin, we know, has its consequences. You can't sin and escape the effects of guilt and shame. It seems to me that Herod was indeed ashamed and rightly so, though by all accounts he was a harsh, ruthless, power-hungry, greedy narcissist. Verse 20 tells us that Herod actually feared John and protected him. He liked to listen John. Listen to John, we're told. Of course, there's one thing to listening, and there's another thing to actually doing something about what we hear, putting it into practice. Other parts of the Gospels talk about listening and obeying. It's not just enough to listen, but it's obeying. It's putting into practice what one hears. Herod, it seemed, liked to listen to John, was disturbed by what he heard, but stubbornly refused to change his ways. Even in verse 26, we read that Herod was greatly distressed, or another translation says deeply regretted agreeing to his wife's request to have John killed. It was a request in order to satisfy a grudge that Herodias, Herod's wife, 
had been nursing against John the Baptist because he called out her adulterous marriage to Herod. He spoke out against what was wrong. She didn't like it. She nursed a grudge and this was her chance for vengeance. Herod couldn't lose face in the face of his invited guests and so he agreed to John's beheading. And maybe this is why the story is here in the good news to show what happens when the kingdom of God is rejected and the kingdom of Herod is chosen. It serves as a warning that when the kingdoms of this world are preferred to the kingdom of God, then the result is barbarism, strife, wealth inequality, poverty, slavery, human trafficking, etc, etc. But where we might ask ourselves, is the good news in all of this? Well, it's there all the time. It's hidden, it's a mystery, it's like yeast in a batch of dough or salt in water. You can't see it, but you know it's there once you've tasted it. That's why the kingdom is all about enabling people to taste and see that the Lord is good. The goodness of Christ is there in every situation and in, ev and in every life, waiting to be discovered. Now unbelievers might be offended by that, but just because you haven't tasted it doesn't mean it's not there. And the good news is there in the story of Herod's barbarism, in that there is another kingdom, kingdom emerging, which he's heard of, which will in the end replace all other kingdoms. Jesus is on the move. Herod has heard about him, the kingdom of heaven, was at hand and set to overcome the kingdom of Herod. The way of love is going to triumph over the way of jealousy, abuse of power and vengeance. And here we are 2,000 years later, a world perhaps not as barbaric, yet still longing for more kingdom of heaven than kingdom of Herod. It wasn't that long after Jesus that the early Christians began to understand what Jesus' life had been all about. The Spirit helped them to see the kingdom of heaven Jesus spoke about and brought into being. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Ephesians, gives them and us lots of reasons to rejoice and be thankful. In fact, if you meditate on these verses which Colin read earlier, each one could be a sermon in its own right. Each one is worth taking lots of time over. Each one is a truth that can be applied to each of our lives. Listen to them. Verse 3. We are blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Verse 4. We are loved and chosen in Christ to be holy and blameless. Verse 5. We are destined for adoption by God through Jesus Christ. Verse 6. We are living to the praise of his glory. Verse 7. We are redeemed and freely forgiven through grace. Verse 8. We are showered with God's kindness, wisdom and understanding. Verse 9. The mystery of Christ is revealed to us. Verse 10. We are included in the gathering together of all things in Christ. 
Verse 11, having we, we have received a wonderful inheritance in Christ. Verse 12, we are setting our hope on Christ. And verse 13, we are marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. These are the truths and the blessings that are illustrative of the kingdom of heaven as opposed to the kingdom of Herod. They are illustrative of the kingdom of heaven and of what God in Christ has done for us and is doing through us. It's all about the free gift of grace. Herod didn't get it because the kingdoms of the world don't get the concept of grace. The nearest the world gets in assert, is, is in asserting an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. But that's not grace. We read in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 17, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth comes through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, fill our lives with the understanding of your grace and truth that we might convert that understanding into our practice and so follow Christ Jesus every single day from now on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to KNEC Sermons. You can find more information on our website, www.knc4jesus.org.uk. Look forward to hearing and seeing you again. Grace and peace.